And this is the same when you're public speaking. A lot of people get nervous um, and and anxious because they they put all the focus on themselves. They go, oh, what if I mess up? What if I do a bad job? What if I this? What if I that? When really they should be thinking, how can I best serve my audience? What do, What is the audience going to get out of this? And this can be one-on-one or public speaking, right? Yes. You think, you think what is the other person? What is the audience? How can they walk away from this presentation or this conversation feeling more inspired, feeling happier, feeling excited? How can I help to make their day a little bit brighter? And when you take the focus of yourself and put it on your audience, I find it makes it much easier for, for me anyway. It helps reduce my nerves. Yeah, and that's... I encourage everyone to I encourage everyone to to sort of meditate on that one thing that you want your audience to take away from. Think to yourself, okay, do I want them to feel excited? Do I want them to feel motivated to take action on something? Do I want them to, um, I don't know, just have a better day, whatever that is. Think mm-hmm. about that. And then when you go out there, you think, I am serving these people. And that will make you, you know, all those other tips and tricks and things, stand like this and whatever, say this. Get, take those away for the moment and just make it about your audience. And if you can do that, you'll be a much more effective communicator. That is Christina Cantors. She's a communication skills speaker, coach, and founder of the C Method. She helps ambitious professionals speak, present, and pitch with more confidence. An engaging speaker Christina has a wild audiences at organizations and conferences around the world with her passion, humor, and the occasional ukulele song. She has shared the stage with podcasting powerhouse Kevin Smith, Pat Flynn, and Andrew Warner. She also was featured in the entrepreneur documentary Your Own Way Out, along with Life's of Derek Sievers and Peter Shekman was a major prize winner in the prestigious 2015 Business Podcast and Blogs. In 2014, Christina left a promising career in architecture to pursue her passion, which is helping people build confidence in themselves and speak effectively in order to achieve success at work, in business, and in life. I'm sure all of us here, as Christian CEO or entrepreneurs, that you would like to communicate more effectively, no matter whether you will choose that you will present at work or uh, for your business, or just maybe like me, as a parent sometimes, that we all need to sharpen our skill of communication consistently. In this episode, we're going to talk about mistakes that people make at networking event, how to communicate more effectively in the simple two steps, and five things that you can how to be confident behind the mic, and so much more. Is coming up for you in this episode. And now, let's check with Christina. 
Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Christina. I'm super excited to have you today. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for having me. You know,、uh, I mean, I already introduced you to my audience, and but I, we always like to hear from your own voice. That can you share a little bit about your journey and how did you become this expert of?、Uh, C method communication expert. <laughs> well, people、uh, tend to be fairly interested in my story because I never started off doing this. I actually used to be an architect, and that's what I studied as soon as I finished high school. And it took me six years to finish that degree. It's a very long degree, and it was while I was studying that I realised. How much I actually sucked at presenting, because they would tell us to get up every single week and present our design projects, and I was terrified and I, I hated it. And I realised, you know, I need to get better at this. I need to somehow find a way to improve. So I found another course that was outside the architecture faculty, and I did that. It was called business communications, and that. Experience actually taught me that you can learn to become better at public speaking. And I shared this story with a client earlier today because she said to me, "You seem like such a natural on stage. I want to be a natural." And I say, "It's it's not natural. I used to be terrible, but the first step to improving in your communication is to understand that it's a skill, just like any other skill, like learning to ride a bike, learning to run a business, learning how to do Facebook ads. It's it's a skill, right? It just requires some knowledge and some practice." So anyway, as I when I graduated, I became I got I started working at a large corporate firm, and I would put my hands up to, my hand up to do presentations, and I would get involved. I talked to people, and I found that communicating well and being assertive and and saying yes to opportunities really really served well when you're trying to work your way up in a company, and. It was during this time that I actually saw how bad architects are at presenting, and I really wanted to be able to help them to be better at it, so that they could get their buildings built. Because you might be a great designer, but if you can't communicate your design, if you can't explain to non-designers why you deserve to be chosen for that project, then your stuff's not going to get built. And I thought, you know what? I'm sick of ugly buildings going up just because the architects are good at talking. <laughs> so. I, after I made that decision, I left my job. Six months after that, I left my job, and during that those final six months, I started a podcast that was specifically for architecture students to help them with presentation skills, and I did that for about nine months. And when I quit my job, I travelled. I left Australia. Because no one really got what I was doing, and I'm sure many of your listeners have gone through this. I'm sure you've gone through this. I was saying to everyone, "Hey guys, I'm I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to change the world." And all my friends are like, "Whatever. She'll be back. She's just having a quarter life crisis. <laughs> She's gone to find herself. She'll be fine." 
And I was like, no, guys, this is for real. And they still didn't get it. So I left the country and lived in New York and I hung out with as many business people as I could and I learned about social media and WordPress and podcasting and and I spent the year traveling. And when I got back to Melbourne at the Australia at the end of that year, I pivoted my business and that's when I launched the C method because I realized that the people I was trying to serve, architecture students, they didn't see the value in what I was offering. And on the other hand, I was getting a lot of feedback, positive feedback and attention from people who were uh, slightly older professionals, so people who were around the 30-plus age mark, and also a lot of business owners who were saying, hey, I really want to learn how to be confident and learn how to speak better. So that's what led me to pivoting, and that's when I launched the C Method. And now I help business professionals and business owners to be more confident and more effective when they're speaking, not just in public, but also when they're out and about networking or when they're when they're pitching, when they're having conversations so that they can get more referrals and, and grow their business and be just be more confident when talking about themselves. And I do that through coaching. I run workshops at businesses. They bring me in to work with their staff. And I also have a I started a new podcast and that's called Stand Out Get Noticed, which you can find at thecmethod.com. And very wordy story, but there you go. <laughs> so what a story, Christina. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned actually this skill we can learn. Because I think so many of us, we when we see a fantastic speakers or presenter on the stage, and we thought ourselves that, well, I can never be that way. So thank you so much for letting us know that actually that was your problem as well before. Mm. Yeah, and you know when you know when you see the TED speakers mm-hmm. on stage and how good they are, they rehearse those presentations hundreds and hundreds of times, and they have hired people to help them, and they work with them for hours and hours and hours and hours to perfect those speeches. So those speeches are the result of many, 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 many hours of practice. So don't think that, oh, I could never be like that because they too at one stage probably thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because as an audience perspective, they just look so natural and effortlessly present their message, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> takes a lot of work to look natural. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, you and me, we kind of check about uh, the book, Linging, you know, and Lean in. I gotta say that again. And we mentioned that kind of interesting to see uh, uh, whether it's in the workplace or when you come to the business field. We women, uh, when you come to you know, state the claim, so to speak, we have a little bit more problem uh, to be confident than men. I would really love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, I found it really interesting to read in the book about how the traits that women are expected to have are to be nurturing, to be nice, to be kind, to be able to work well with everyone. That's the sort of traditionally that's the the trait. Those are the traits that we expect of women, 
And then when women display traits such as assertiveness and being strong and bold and taking leadership positions, we can't help as society, we can't help but view women like that in a more negative light simply because historically that's they're not the traits that we expected of women mm. as opposed to when men display those traits of assertiveness, of confidence, of leadership, they're, ex- they're sort of expected to, to have those traits. So therefore they're considered to be a positive. So because, because those traits tend to have a negative connotation for women, I feel like that's one reason why, and Sandberg writes about this in the book too, um, that's one reason why women are held back from going for opportunities and putting their hands up for things and going, yep, I'll do that. Mm. And also women also women tend to feel like they need to be 100% ready for things. Like they feel, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite ready yet. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm fully prepared and fully ready. But the problem is by the time they're fully ready, Chances are a man's already put their hand up and said, oh, I'll do it. I'm only 50% ready, but I don't care, whatever. I'll just figure it out <laughs> later. And I think women need to be a bit more um, sort of be less fearful of taking risks and going, you know what, I'm just going to dive in and figure it out later because how else am I going to learn? How else am I going to get there? Yeah, exactly. So I know that you have trained so many, uh, you know, both male or female executives at the workplace, when they, especially when they step into the leadership role. Mm. Um, so what do you see some common mistakes when you come to public speaking or uh, communication in general? One, well, okay, so one mistake I see when people are out and about and at networking events, because one of the main things I teach is how to create a great elevator pitch how do you explain what you do really quickly and and simply so that people understand and therefore they'll be more likely to refer you or maybe become a client or connect you with someone else, right? And the biggest mistake I find that people make is they rattle off their job title. So someone asks, what do you do? People say, I'm a project manager or I'm a designer or I'm a coach and giving this one word answer doesn't really allow the conversation to flow. It doesn't give the other person much to grab onto to go, oh, let me ask you more about that. Because if you say, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer or I'm a photographer, the other person goes, oh, cool. Oh, oh great. Like I know like a hundred other photographers. Like how, why should I keep talking to you? And that's a big mistake that I see people make. And one thing that I encourage people to do is to add something on to their title. So instead of saying, I'm a designer or I'm a, I'm a business owner or I'm a um, computer developer, I'm a software developer and just leaving it at that, you add on something to explain who you help and how you help them, right? So for example, for me, I'd, instead of saying, I'm a public speaking coach. I mean, that's just boring. Or I'm a, <laughs> or even like I'm a consultant. I mean, what? So what? What do you consult in? Who do you consult to? Who do you actually help? What do you What do you actually do? What is consultant anyway? You know, just because your boss gave you some job title doesn't mean you should use it to introduce yourself. So I, I like to say, you know, I help I help business professionals be more confident and effective when public speaking, for mm-hmm. example. You know, so I. 
So anyone, so to anyone who's listening, if you find yourself giving a one word or a two word title as your elevator pitch, that you'll probably find it's not very effective. And try to think of, well, think of a, a few things that you could add on to make it more interesting and to make to to grab their interest so that they can then ask a question about that, and so you can have a great conversation. Otherwise, you answer with one word kills the conversation dead and then they have to talk about the weather or the sushi or whatever <laughs> exactly we, you kind of put the period there so mm. there's there's not a common it's not like a question mark you know kind of there's no they cannot feel anything curious about to ask you further right yeah um, you want to give them enough to make them go oh i want to learn more about that hmm I remember once I was in the network in event, and that was a lady, a very elegant lady, and exactly what you say when I asked her, what do you do? And when other people all gave me a very boring, you know, that kind of statement, one word-ish title, she say, I help women feel beautiful every single day. And and that totally, you know, sparked my interest, right? I just mm. asked, oh, so what exactly, so what do you do? How do you do that? And then she said, oh, actually, I am a, 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 a hairstylist. I said, oh, mm. you know, so, so what, she, what she said is true, right? She, you know, she helped women feel beautiful every day for those uh, customers that come to her salon. But because she mm-hmm. she started this way, and we have uh, another 10, 15 minutes conversation about what she does. That's beautiful. I have a friend who's a photographer, and he'll tell people, I help people capture what's most important in their lives, Ooh, that's which I good. think is beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's really good. Mm. So, um, so, Christina, can you give us some uh you know, maybe some specific tips, uh, advice that how can we communicate more effectively? How can we communicate more effectively? Well, firstly, it's about listening, mm. right? A lot of people think that communicating effectively is about you got to talk a certain way. But if you can really listen and understand what someone's saying, that will allow you to connect with them on a much deeper level than if it was you just talking, 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 talking. So I would say listening is a hugely underrated skill and you should definitely aim to not to listen and not worry about what you're going to say next. Because a lot of people listen and they go, oh my God, what question am I going to ask next? What do I mm. say next? When really you should be thinking, okay, what are they actually saying? What baggage do they have? What are they dealing with right now? And how can I best serve this person? You know, stop thinking about yourself all the time. Think about the other person. And this is the same when you're public speaking. A lot of people get nervous um, and and anxious because they they put all the focus on themselves. They go, Oh, what if I mess up? What if I do a bad job? What if I this? What if I that? When really they should be thinking, how can I best serve my audience? What do, What is the audience going to get out of this? And this can be one-on-one or public speaking. 
right? Yes. You think, you think, what is the other person? What is the audience? How can they walk away from this presentation or this conversation feeling more inspired, feeling happier, feeling excited? How can I help to make their day a little bit brighter? And when you take the focus of yourself and put it on your audience, I find it makes it much easier for, for me anyway. It helps reduce my nerves. Yeah, and I encourage everyone to I encourage everyone to to sort of meditate on that one thing that you want your audience to take away from. Think to yourself, okay, do I want them to feel excited? Do I want them to feel motivated to take action on something? Do I want them to um I don't know, just have a better day, whatever that is. Think mm-hmm. about that. And then when you go out there, you think, I am serving these people. And that will make you, you know, all those other tips and tricks and things, stand like this and whatever, say this, Get take those away for the moment and just make it about your audience. And if you can do that, you'll be a much more effective communicator. That's so true. Um, I remember when there was once uh, about, I would say, three years ago, when I had the opportunity to speak at the John C. Maxwell's stage uh, for five minutes or so. And uh, this kind of validate what you said earlier about those tech speakers, that 18 minutes presentation, they been practiced like, I don't know, hundreds of times, and they have experts to help them out. Uh, for my three to five minutes talk, I prepare for four months. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, four months and uh, and literally there it's yeah there's a faculty member that he is you know he's a great uh, speaking coach so he worked with me for that three to five minutes you know presentation for four months so just people know um when the moment the mic hand over to my hand and you have 600 uh, 600 plus people so 600 plus pairs of eyes suddenly shut mm. up you, right? It's, and then plus the stage light. Um, it's very, um, you know, difficult to not feel nervous, right? But I just remember rehearse that uh, in that four months. The moment you stand on the stage, when that, that moment happened, you have to shift the focus from yourself of thinking, what do I sound like? What do I look like? To they are here, they need a message, that means serve them. Absolutely. And, and when I, when that split of second, I shift that focus, I was able to talk. <laughs> because I feel like the, when the moment the mic came to my hand, I kind of almost went blank a little bit, you know, for that, for that second. So mm. what, what you say is so true. You know, Christina, mm. I, uh, you know, the reason why I, I got this honor to interview you because our mutual friend, Jared, you know, <laughs> he, he got us connected and he mentioned that you were such an awesome presenter in the podcast movement. And, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I paid him to say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> and it's I'm just time kidding. to collect the money. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
you know, I know that you have like uh, for you know because many of my audiences, they are business owners, they are entrepreneurs. They got plenty of opportunity to present their message, like one to many format. Maybe workshop, maybe webinar, uh, maybe you know, yeah, on the stage.、Um, and can you share with that that five keyers? You know,、uh, tips that advice that you present、uh, to the the other audience because I thought that I, I thought that's hugely valuable for my audience. Would you mind sharing that? Sure, absolutely. So this is so these are the five things that I presented at the podcast movement conference, and the presentation was called "How to Be Confident Behind the Mic" or behind you know behind the microphone. And the first thing is to know your value. Which is knowing that what you do is unique and worthy and of interest to people, because if you don't believe that what you have to say is interesting, and I hear this all the time, people go, "I don't even know if what I'm if I'm that interesting, or if or if what I've got to share is that is that good." You know, if you don't believe in that, it's very difficult to be confident on stage. So. I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs. You're already very passionate about what you do, which is an amazing start. So you need to really know that that what that thing that you do is is provides immense value to others. And if you're feeling if you're having some low days, just go back to the emails that people nice nice emails or nice tweets that people sent you. Go back and read them. You know, every time I get a nice email or a nice tweet or a message, I always screenshot it and I put it in an Evernote folder, and I like to read through that every now and again. And it reminds you of why you do what you do. And when you go and speak in front of a group, knowing I am making someone else's life better by doing this, then that just fills you up with this energy and it makes you more confident. So that was the first thing. The second thing is to watch your language. And I, I know you're a coach, Kelly, so you'd experience this quite a lot with your clients. The language that people use can really erode away at their confidence and their self belief. You know, simply by what you actually say to yourself. And I encourage people to delete words like "just," as in "I'm just a," or "I've just started a business." Words like "just," words like "only." Oh, I started a. Podcast, but I've only got two episodes out, or I've only got two hundred downloads, right? Because that sort of language really pushes you down. Even things like, oh, I've just got a small company. We've only got two employees. Oh, it's only small. Oh, we only work on small projects. It's like, so what? You started a business. You have two employees. Hey, I got none, right? But you, you got two employees. You've got two hundred downloads. That's better than none. You、exactly. started a podcast. You you didn't just start a podcast. You you don't just have or only have two episodes. You've got a lot more episodes than most people who only ever talk about starting a podcast. So you really need to watch this the language that that you use when you talk about yourself. And if you remove that word "just" or you or you remove "only," the sentences still mean the same thing, right? If you say, "I only have." Two hundred followers, or how about I have two hundred followers? Right,、mm. it changes things. Changes things. So that's the second thing. The first thing is to well, 
I referenced a quote by Zig Ziglar, which I love, and the quote is, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. And I love this because it sums up basically everything that I've done to this point because (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing when I got started. I wasn't amazing at, at podcasting or whatever. I didn't know exactly the, what I was going to be helping people with on a larger scale. I just knew what I knew, but I got started. And like I mentioned it, you know, in my, in my story, I never imagined that I would be speaking to large audiences, that I would be running pitching workshops, that I would be working with people at executive level. I, if you told me that two years ago, what I say, I would have said, get out, get out of town. No way. I wouldn't <laughs> be doing that because I didn't have the confidence at the time. But I, so I, I started with what I knew. I was an architect. So I thought I'm going to help people in the architecture industry. And then as I started, I learned more, I developed more, I met different people. I was exposed to new networks, new industries. And from there, I began to grow my skill set to the point where I was able to pivot my entire business and now serve a completely different um, market, a market that has money, which is nice. (laughs) Well, that's important for business. (laughs) Very important for business. But I didn't know that at the start. But I would not have gotten to that point. You know, I wouldn't have been asked to be a speaker at Podcast Movement you know, at an international conference, it's international for me. I wouldn't have been asked for that if, if I hadn't got started. So if you're freaking out about doing that webinar or doing, starting a podcast or speaking to a group and waiting to be good before you even begin, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. So just accept that you will be mediocre. You might be terrible. You might be okay at the start. And that's, that's the way it's going to be. But then you, you assess and you go, okay, what can I do better next time? And then you slowly improve and that's, you know, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. So that's the third thing that I shared. The fourth thing, I find this really helps with your confidence when you um, are out presenting to a group and it's to paint the right picture of your audience. Now, what I do in, uh, when I'm presenting this live is I ask people to draw the faces and the thought bubbles of audience of the most negative audience they can imagine. So I ask people to draw neg- uh, sad faces, bored faces, angry faces, and I get people to draw in speech bubble or thought bubbles of thinking, you know, what's the most negative thing that you think your audience is thinking? And this could be things like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm bored. When's lunch? Why am I bothering <laughs> listening to her? We, I hate her. She's not funny. She's not funny at all. Things like that. So you draw a, a, a picture of the most negative audience you can imagine. And then you repeat the exercise, but this time you draw the most positive audience you can imagine. What do they look like? What are they thinking? For me, they'd be thinking, oh, she's the best presenter ever. I want to be like her. She's so funny. You know, so I would draw all these things, write all these things in. And then what you do is you look at those two pictures and you go, okay, here's my negative audience. Here's my positive audience. And they both have one thing in common. And that is that you made up both of them. They both came from your imagination, right? 
Wow, that's and the powerful. Un- it is powerful. And the thing is, the sad thing is that most people choose to believe the negative picture of their audience. They choose to believe that, oh, they think I'm boring or they think I don't know anything. When in reality, it's like, well, if you can choose to believe in the negative picture, does that serve you? It doesn't really. So why then wouldn't you choose to believe in the positive picture of your audience? You know, that's a much more useful belief to have. So when you look at that picture of that positive audience, and if you go into a presentation thinking or a webinar or even a conversation thinking, okay, I believe, I choose to believe that this person or these people are having these positive thoughts about me, then that will help you so much when you, when you go out and speak to them. And that's a great exercise you can use with your clients as well. You know, cause when it's very powerful when you draw those two pictures and you, you get them to scrunch up the negative one and go throw it away. You don't need this anymore. Yeah. Delete that image from your mind. <laughs> that's, that's so powerful, Christina. So yeah, that's a good one. Oh, and the fifth one, we're up to the fifth one. The fifth way to be more confident when you're presenting is to care less about what people think of you. And it's easy to say. I know. It's, diffi- it's, it's difficult to put into practice. It's it's a gradual thing. It's a, I find it's a real gradual thing. And personally, I have been, I notice that I'm, I'm caring less and less uh, as I go on. And that's been probably the number one thing that's helped me be confident on stage. I just don't even care anymore. I'm like, I, I don't want to waste any energy worrying about what people think of me. Like what's, what's the point? There's no point. I just go into it thinking, if you like me, fantastic. If you don't like me, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So I can't control the way other people think. And I figured you can't appeal to everyone. So you may as well embrace who you are, do your thing and talk to the people who like you, who love you, who resonate with you. And then the people who don't like you can go find someone else to talk to. I mean, do you really want to be their friend anyway? They're really not going to be your ideal customer, client, you know, they're not going to be a follower of yours anyway. So I heard someone once say, I don't, can't remember who it was, but they said, if you don't have any haters, then you're not making enough noise. Exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, I I still remember that thing was uh, in 2012 when I launched my book, and um, I, it's a personal story. So I just, you know, I make up my uh, Facebook campaign. I just I have a 60 inspirational quotes, right? So one of the 60 days, I post a quote and I misspell one letter, and. Before I knew it, I had, I had one, uh, you know, uh, most I got a positive feedback, but then there was one person uh, wrote the below comment. I'm not so sure Kelly is a real author because she even couldn't spell the word. That, that was a comment. Aww. And, yeah. and then... Um, the encouraging part is under that comment, 
they already have like a ten others say something like, "What is what is your problem?" <laughs> say, "What is your problem?" Um,、uh, you know, uh, and um, that is what professional editor do. You know, that's not her job. Or or somebody say that. <laughs> You have you ever misspell a word at all in your life, and <laughs> something like that. And I、mm. found myself,、uh, it, it just、uh, the first moment when I saw that negative、uh, comment, it hurts, you know. It like oh yeah. But then,、uh, just like you say, you know, more and more、uh, before I started the podcast, I I thought that. Who am I? I mean, I listen to your beautiful accent and and my British friends' accent and my American friends' beautiful accent. I'm thinking, I my accent is all mess up with all different <laughs> kind of places. <laughs> so why should I even start to think that I can have a podcast? And、mm. but you know, Christina, I'm gonna be fifty soon. So I said, why not? Either, <laughs> either I just gonna happy happily serve that whoever willing to listen, or if those people they cannot bear my voice, fine, just don't come. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's like um I'm not forcing you to listen to my podcast, right? I'm not holding this into your ear and holding you down and going listen. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and you attract you. you all you got to do is be true to who you are, speak your truth, and the people who love you and resonate you will will come and find you. And I, I always, when I first started, I was worried that no one would want to work with me because I wasn't, I didn't have twenty years experience in the corporate world, you know, because that's what all my quote competitors are like, you know, all these. Prof- Speaking trainers, and they're all like, "I've had thirty years, and I've had blah blah blah," and they're all men, and they're all middle aged, and I'm like, "Well, I don't have twenty years experience, but I decided to use my relative youth advantage and go, 'Well, the people who want to work with those like super experienced people will most likely be of their demographic,' and you know, I'm and I actually." Signed up a new client today, and she said to me, "She said, I love that you only recently learned this skill, like in the last five years."、Mm. And she said, "I know that I can see that if you can do it, and it's and it didn't take you decades, then I can do it too, right?" So I'm a I'm a living, breathing demonstration of my own teaching, right? And that is my. You could say unique selling proposition, and that's and the people who see the value in that,、mm-hmm. they're the ones who come to me. Exactly. So that's what you got to do. Yeah, I love what she said. She said because she what she's saying basically means also. So what you got is quite still quite fresh, you know. Because、mm. sometimes we don't want to learn from the people already that say in the. Peak of the mountain, they probably and then we are in the kind of started point because they they those people they may be already kind of forgotten,、mm. how, right? Forgotten how、mm. the you know the 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 road they travel from the beginning, and therefore, 
that they can hundred uh, percent connect it where I am now. So mm. if we can learn from somebody just a couple steps ahead of us, because they're still fresh, you know, their 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 journey still fresh, and sometimes actually the outcome will be the best. Yeah, yeah. This is why I think it's important that we all—it doesn't matter what age you are—that you always stay. You always have that amateur within you. Yeah. where you're always looking to learn and you're always learning new things and then and then teaching it to others as soon as you learn it you pass it on you teach it to someone else and then that keeps it keeps it fresh and it and enables you to teach people more effectively too yeah exactly so christina so far we heard your communication you know <laughs> okay this is a side note i feel a little bit nervous before i interview you because I thought, boy, can you imagine that podcast episode gonna sound like a master communicator and a terrible one? <laughs> <laughs> so, so hey, what did I say about using language? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just be very transparent here. You know, we all have those negative voice will come, right? Uh, it doesn't what, matter. What makes you think? Just out of interest, what makes you think you're a, you're a terrible communicator? No, I guess that's uh, in a sense of in the standard of, well, I, I was thinking I'm going to interview a professional commu- communicator. So in that well, sense... Sta- professional? Do you get paid to communicate with other people? I do. So does that make you a professional communicator? <laughs> Did, did you guys see what she just did there? <laughs> <laughs> she passed the miss right there. <laughs> okay, Jared, I love you now. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pay me later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, yeah, and I need to charge him too. I've been mentioning him twice, so I, sh- I should get him a pay the sponsor fee as well. <laughs> so, Christina, actually, I want to ask the next question is, you know, uh, obviously today and, or last five years, I don't know uh, how long you, you, you are so good at uh, communicating. Is anything like a fun moment, fun story or any embarrassing moment in this journey for you? In terms of communication? Yeah. Hmm. Look, when I'm on stage, I don't really allow myself to have any embarrassing moments because I treat it as all part of the thing. So I'm not saying that I don't make mistakes. Of course I make mistakes, but I do a very good job of making mistakes and it doesn't, (laughs) I don't let them bother me. I just go, whatever, I'm human. Again, if you don't like me, then go away. Like don't listen. But I had a, I don't know if you'd call it embarrassing, but I was put on the spot when I was in the Philippines earlier this year and I was speaking to a group of 500 graduating business students and I'd just done a full presentation. You know, I was super excited, taught them about how to be more confident when talking about yourselves and selling yourselves. And then we did Q&A and one girl stood up and she said, Miss Christina, we heard in your bio that you like to sing. 
I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, (laughs) yeah. And, and she goes, can you sing us a song? And I had, now I'm not a singer and I, I like to sing sort of at home, (laughs) you know, about and about. I'm not really, not really in public. And here I was in front of 500 people looking at me expectantly waiting for me to sing them a song. And, you know, it's one of those moments where, you know, where it should be easy, like just pick a song. Yeah. But when you're put on the spot and you have so many songs to pick from, you, you just cannot think of one song to sing. And for a moment I, I thought, what do I do? Do I, I can't run off stage. I can't crumble and just, and say, no, I'm not going to sing. Like they're all waiting for me to do it. So I said, okay, I'll sing you a song. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I, 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 I sang just like the chorus of a, sorry, I shouldn't say just, I sang the chorus of a song called I Still Call Australia Home, which is a fairly famous Aussie song, very patriotic song. And they, they really liked it. They applauded. But I tell you what, I was red in the face. I was not many things trip me up on stage, but that very nearly undid me. <laughs> but it was a moment, it was one of those moments where I was like, yes, I did it. Now I know I can do anything. I just sang in front of 500 people, impromptu microphone. Exactly. And I think from, from that moment on, I don't know if I were you, I probably start to practice that one song forever <laughs> <laughs> in case next time it's a 5,000 crowd. I know. That taught me to be prepared for anything. You have to be prepared for anything when you're on stage. Especially you have a Q and A section, right? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christina, so what then will be one of those moments that we call God the MBA moment? The moment that you realize what you are doing it's way more just a business. Mm. I've had so many of those moments, but I'll share with you one that stood out to me. I like to ask people when they subscribe to my email list or when they subscribe to one of my free courses, I always ask them, what's one thing that I do well and why is this important to you? And this is something I encourage everyone to do. It helps you to, to really find the value that you add to other, add to other people's lives. And so sometimes, you know, I get, so I get people writing back and I had one woman write back. I have no idea who, who she is. I've never met her before. She's in Europe. She wrote to me and said, Christina, I think you play the ukulele well. Now, if you listen to my podcast, I, I actually play the ukulele on my podcast as the intro, cause I couldn't find music that I liked. So I just did that. And, <laughs> and she said, and this is, and she, and she wrote, and it's important to me because it shows me that you can be quirky and funny as a, and still be successful as an entrepreneur. And you don't need to be super serious all the time. And she wrote, you've inspired me to start my own business. Wow. And to me, that was so incredibly powerful from playing the ukulele. <laughs> It wasn't about my story or my speaking ability or my course, nothing. It was none of that. It was 
me playing the ukulele <laughs> had inspired her. And to me, it, it made me realize that we are so unaware of the value that we provide to others simply by being who we are and doing what makes us happy and what we think is fun. I played the ukulele because I thought it was fun, right? Because right. I, I thought, oh, this will be different. I had no idea that it would have such a profound impact on someone. So that was a that was a uh, an awesome um, point for me to realize how much I was impacting other people's lives, and that definitely showed me that this is more than a business. This is more than me faffing about with a ukulele, which I'm not even very good at, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so, I always I listen and go, oh, man, I'm so out of tune, but whatever. And yet, yet that had such a big impact. Wow. It, it's, it's so profound in many, uh, many areas, you know, this story. Uh, it, it wasn't just that you say that uh, while ourselves, you know, uh, having fun and be so, you know, be authentic, basically, you know, uh, to be basically be ourselves out there, and that actually give a permission to others. So they thought, absolutely. Oh, I can probably do that too. Hmm. Right. I love that quote by is it Marianne Williamson, mm. and she says it's not our dark that scares us; it's it's our light. But when we um, I'm paraphrasing terribly here, but it's it's something like. You know, when we let our light shine, it gives others permission to also let their light shine too. And and I love that. Exactly. And Christina, I cannot thank you enough for today, the your precious time. You know, for all of you out there listening, today may be our audio and you know normally I cre- I also record video, but because today's between Australia and Switzerland, the internet connection they are not cooperating. And this is the real life. <laughs> so we have to I know. Uh, yeah, re-record it. But so uh, but the content, as you can see, it's super. And so thank you, thank you again, Christina, for your precious time and that you have added so much value to me, myself, and my audience. Thank you so much, Ms. Master Communicator. <laughs> Thank you. How did you enjoy this episode? Don't you just love Christina walk her talk that she communicated so well in this episode? Now, please share with us what is your number one takeaway from this episode by emailing us at podcast at kellyballer.com. Then I might give you a shout out and feature your website and your business as well. For all the goodies and show notes, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash 077. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash 077. Are you one of the Christian leaders that you would like to stand out, establish your own blue ocean, and create a profitable business you love and totally identity aligned? Well, if you are, I would like to invite you to access to one of my free masterclass. Actually, was a live presentation on stage at my mentor Chris Docker's uh, annual signature event called Upreneur Summit. 
The presentation is called the Power of One Framework. And why is this so important? If you like to create a whole lot more impact in the coming year and beyond, you feel like you might hit a plateau in your business, or you have been touring around in the base camp, meaning in the bottom of the mountain that God asks you to conquer, then this presentation is for you. With all transparency, when you access to that presentation, you will be also added as my VIP list for the coming signature program called the Power of One Framework. It's a mentoring program, and we cannot be more excited about this because we haven't seen anything that this for Christian entrepreneurs just yet. And are you surprised? Actually, probably not. Why? Because God always likes to show off His wisdom. And what do I mean by that? Four months before that presentation, I was crying out to the Lord, say, Father, how can we help? How can we get rid of the imposter syndrome? How can we stop the comparison game and shining object syndrome? How can we get as many as your children to the past identity aligned that what you have called them to do, create a whole lot more profit so they have the margin to give more and serve more. So if you feel resonate with this message, then go to kellybottle.com forward slash learn. I will see you there. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybottle.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellybottle.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.